Hi, my name is Anita Foster and I'm the Library and Media Specialist at Autry Middle School in Kennesaw, Georgia. Hi, I'm Ingrid Hansen. I'm the Library and Media Specialist at Lindley Sixth Grade Academy in Mapleton, Georgia. Hi everyone, I'm Lori Quintana and I'm the Library and Media Specialist at Griffin Middle School in Smyrna, Georgia. And this is Overdue, Conversations from the Library. So today we have a very interesting conversation and yes, we are opening up a can of worms. Uh, this can was opened uh, several weeks ago through emails and um, I was the one that opened it and we had a discussion through emails with some other middle school library media specialists. Now, because this is gonna be geared towards middle school, does not mean that it is not important information for both elementary and high school. Um, but we have a difficult job in middle school libraries to make sure that we're getting books for all of our readers, um, those that come in in sixth grade that are our little babies, and those mature readers that are in eighth grade that want to leave. So I have four years um, stopped and thought about it and was like, no, the books on my bookshelf need to be for all of my readers and if it's not appropriate for sixth grade it doesn't need to be here and I've had a mind shift in the last few months and I'm considering having a young adult section in my um, collaborative learning center to have more mature books for my eighth grade readers now I'm sure there are cheers going out all across Cobb County because I'm or Georgia the or United Georgia, States. the United States, <laughs> the world. Um, because this has been a hard decision for me to make. I've been at Autry for like 12 years, and this has been my stance all the way through is protecting those sixth grade babies come in. But in the last few months, I've realized what a disservice I've been doing to my eighth grade more mature readers who meet the young adult age group. So um, we're going to start that conversation now. So uh, my first question, Anita, is have your 7th and 8th graders, even 6th graders, because, I mean, 6th graders read young adult as well, have they never come to you and asked you for young adult books? And, you know, and what was your response to them? So, yes, they have. And actually, um, I just say, you know, that's a book you can get from the, the public library, but we can't have it on our shelves because of our 6th our young sixth grade readers. And um, parents have appreciated that, but the kids I don't think really have. And I'm serving the kids. Mm -hmm. So that's why the, the shift is, is happening. Um, yes, every year I get somebody that asks for Stephen King, which... And that's more adult. Is adult. It's, <laughs> it's, it's categorized as adult. It's not going to be on my shelves. I have every year students that ask for Fifty Shades. That's adult. That's very adult. It is not going to be on my shelves. Um, Every year I have students in the most recent years that have asked for the uh, Game of Thrones books mm -hmm. or the Outlander books mm -hmm. and because now they're TV shows and they make it to watch them at home with their parents or maybe without their parents. Their parents don't know they're watching them. But um, I get some adult requests from our very mature eighth grade readers. I have received those as well. But thinking in terms of young adult books, which is categorized for 12 to 18 years old um, by YALSA, um, you brought up a good point when you talked about my students and your population and stuff. And so I think that that is key when considering whether to have young adult in your library, uh, because each of our schools have 
different populations of students that we're trying to serve. And so what may be good in my library for my students will not be good for your students in where you're um, located in the county and stuff. And um, so, I mean, that's something that kind of um, needs to be addressed as well when thinking about whether to have the young adult books, because you really, like you t said, you want to service the students and their needs. So, I mean, Ingrid and I have like this very similar populations and we're in the same part of the county and stuff. So our students have different experiences in their lives. And um, so I don't know, do you want to hone in on that? Ingrid, you're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm agreeing with you. And as you were talking, um, interestingly enough, I got an email this morning because I had a parent whose child is doing Project Lit with me and um, wanted to know what type of books they were gonna be reading and what would be the topics and how are we gonna be discussing them. And interestingly enough, some of the books that are in the Project Lit group fall under young adult for me mm -hmm. um, and would require parental permission. So um, I think it's a timely discussion, no matter where you fall, um, based upon things like Read Woke and Project Lit and things that we're trying to do with our students, we're going to have parents that are going to want to be informed and knowledgeable. And I think that the beauty of having a young adult section is that it allows you to have those discussions with parents as well and to make sure that everybody is on the same page as far as the content and what's being covered and how is that content being addressed. Well, and one of the big questions Anita had was, do I do a parent permission form or not? And so there's some of us that do, and then there's others that don't. And so uh, I just want to put out there, my permission form is more of an information form. I want parents to know that young adult books exist. I want them to know uh, what the uh, position is for YALSA, um, for the Young Adult Association, um, and, I want them to understand what it is and what young adults uh, uh, books can, you know, how they affect our readers and our students and the mirrors and windows thing, you know, kind of thing that we always talk about um, and really understand why our students need access to those books and stuff. So it, my form is more about giving them the access to the information for YALSA, the link to their website, their position paper, and um, you know, just inform. It's an it's an to inform. We're always trying to inform, right? So I mean, I don't disagree. Definitely inform. Um, I actually started young adult because my first year at Campbell a bazillion years ago. Um, I had three book challenges within my first month, and I was inheriting somebody else's collection. And I just had, you know, very candid conversations saying that I hadn't had the opportunity to go through and to weed and to do different things, but. I realized as I went through the collection that there was going to be a need, that because we deal with such a vastly different group of kids, they're so different at 11 and 12 than they are at 13 and 14. And what they're prepared to read, what they want to read, is gonna be vastly different as well. So as much as I agree about it being informational, mine is informational. On the back of mine is the definition of what young adult literature is. But in the front, it's, I want my parents to be aware. If you sign this, there may be the following information in these books, and if you're not comfortable with it, that's fine, but it, it's up to you to tell me that because I can't code the book, I can code the kid. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't disagree that it's, we need to share that information, but I also, I need there to be things in place within my media center to make sure that students and staff and um, and parents are aware of what the guidelines are and what books right. contain what information. Right. So, yeah, my form's the same way. It, it explains how there's uh, 
mature themes, you know, romance, etc., language and everything like that. So they're aware of that. And so when they sign off that their student is able to read the young adult books, it's, I put it in Destiny um, as a note. And so we understand that they're able to check out the books and whatever. But most of our sixth graders turn 12, you know, right. within the school year, if not by the end of the school year anyway. But for me, um, it's not even so much, it's, it's not the age thing as it, it, much as it is that I, we're taught in our classes and through a um, American Library Association about censorship, which is kind of like what we're talking about here a little bit, um, keeping books from students and stuff. And so it's like I'm all in and supporting that and um, really believe that students should have access to what they want to read or I'm pulling way out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, the, I, it, I totally do. I mean, because I, I want to get that. I believe in what I support is what I'm Absolutely. saying. And I believe these kids, you know, deserve access to these books and, and, and I want them to have access to it. So um, it's so funny that you bring it up because some of you know that I brought my youngest daughter to Campbell Middle with me when I was there teaching. And um, I wouldn't let her check out young adult books in seventh grade. And she was horrified. She's like, mom, I'm like, listen, you don't need to be reading some of this books. You wanna check it out next year, we'll talk about it then. But I agree, I want students, I don't wanna censor anyone. If you wanna read that book from the depths of my soul, I want you to read that book. But as a parent, there is some content and there are some situations that I don't feel like my child was mature enough to handle emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I, unless we were going to listen to it in an audiobook and be able to talk about it together, I didn't feel like she needed to do that without support. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's hard. No, but that's also important too. So I constantly talk about young adult books with the kids in the library. When they read it, we have discussions. You know, they'll come up and ask me about a book and we're talking about it and the content of it. And um, so I don't, I don't purchase these put a YA label on it and then go stick it on the shelf and it just sits there. Right. My YA section is separated just like I would, you know, what I have done with all of my other books, they're genrefied. It's like a genrefication for me. So they have easy access. They can find the books quickly. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm not ashamed is what I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like yes. sometimes as a school librarian, we're kind of made to feel like we should just kind of put it over on the shelf and hope nobody says anything about it. Hope we don't get a challenge, you know, along those lines. And I feel like there are, you know, ALA ha provides or ASL provides support for book challenges. Our district has a book challenge pro um, process or procedure in place already. And so I don't sit there and fear that somebody, you know, a student might check out a young adult book no. and their parent might, might contact me. I'm confident enough as a, uh, a literacy specialist, I guess you could say, and reader that if a parent asks me about a book, I can have that conversation with them and not be afraid that their son or daughter read that book. You know what I mean? So I don't think that it should be fear-based at all. I completely yeah. agree. And I welcome conversations. Mm -hmm. I would much rather have a parent Me come too. in and say, um, I actually, I've had two this year at Lindley Six where somebody has called me and said, my son brought home this book and he was concerned about this language. And I welcome those conversations. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And why was it upsetting to your son? And, and yeah, I want to hear all those things as I make decisions. And, and furthermore, I don't just decide it's young adult because people tell me it's young adult. I have readers. My 80-plus-year-old mm -hmm. mother lives with me, and I bring books home to her all the time. I love it. <laughs> um, and she's very strict, for the record. Um, I brought her home a book at one point 
<laughs> and I gave it to her. I'm like, all right, so you read it. Should it be young adult? And she's like, yeah, this is definitely young adult. And I'm like, okay. And I always ask why. Why do you think this book is young adult? What's happening? She said, well, there's drag racing in that book and that's against the law. Okay, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You are right. But, but you know. <laughs> but you know what's really funny, Ingrid, is that I have students checking out books for their parents because they want to read the book. I love so that. They're checking them out. That's awesome. Taking them home. They read it and they read it with their mom. Mostly, but see, that's but, perfect though. You know, I yeah. want nothing more than that type of parental involvement mm -hmm. and for students to be able to have discussions, yes. you know, with the, the trusted adult that's in their life and the person that they depend on for answers about things that are like that. And I want to take this and kind of steer it back to Project Lit. I know that both of you are also involved with Project Lit. And as we talk about permission and some of the books that are being presented to our kids through this program and through Read Woke, what are your opinions about permission slips for book clubs and for um, individualized groups of children that are reading books that could or could not be considered young adult? Okay, so we'll be doing an interview with Sandy Davis um, later today about Project Lit. But so I'm, I'm, this will air after that. Yes, so I'll let her get in more details about that because um, I really want to get her insight and everything with that. Uh, but Project Lit, just so everybody knows, there's young adult books, but there's also middle school level books. So you can actually choose, um, they choose 40 of each every year. And uh, so, um, it, so you didn't see any overlap? So you could do a Project Lit Club with just middle school books if you wanted. Or you could mix them. Or you could, you know what I mean? So, or do just the young adult. It depends on how you want to set them up. and or. So or how did you set up yours? Uh, well, I, my kids have access to both. Okay, so which is um, what I did as well. Yeah, so I mean, again, if I'm gonna, if I'm going to be a supporter of access, then I'm going to be a supporter of access. Exactly. I'm not going don't to don't do it halfway. I'm not picking and choosing <clears throat> when my kids decide what they're going to read. They get to decide what they want to read, um, and so that's how mine works. Um, I started mine as a lunch club. I wanted kids to come in and sit down and or, you know read the books, and then come in and have lunch while we are reading. Um, it has been a very challenging thing to get off the ground because of the way our schedule is at school and I can't get a group of kids together all at one time like all of my readers are on the same lunch so right, right. it's been so, difficult so before we even before we even got to the point though before you got to the point where you were even having meetings were you considering permission slips since you were offering both level of books through your project book lit club which is really what I was thinking when I brought it up, like, did you consider doing a young adult permission slip, or were you, are you under the thought that if they're, if they're at your project lit, they probably already have a young adult permission slip on file? Well, all of my kids don't need a permission slip to read the young adult. It would be any of the students that are under twelve years old because I go by the Yelsa age group of twelve to eighteen. So you do. So so I don't do a permission form for that for projects. So that's interesting. It so just you falls have, under the umbrella of... So the only people that have to have a young adult are under the age of 12. Correct. See now, and I don't. Anyone in my anyone in my space, anyone within the building that wants to read a young adult book has to have permission, even if you're 14. You, hmm. Yeah, no, I don't. I go, yeah, I go by the Yelsa guidelines that, because um, as a member I of I might those, do that so, as well. That's very interesting, Lauren. I mean, I'm a member of ALA, ALSA, Yours is going to be very grade. different because you're only sixth grade academy. Right. But in the past. Yes. In the past. it. Um, and I've actually had 
I actually, one of my parents that had come in and complained in my previous life um, was an eighth grade parent and it was for The Fault in Our Stars, for the the sexual scene in The Fault in Our Stars. Which so. is a book that is often requested by my students that I have always said no because of that scene. That was on my shelves before I even started. Like when I started there, that was already on my shelves. It wasn't categorized as young adult. It was just put in realistic fiction and, and, and it was there. And so then students started coming to me asking for these other young adult books. And so that's when I kind of like started thinking. And then I did a survey with students asking them what books they want and everything. And so I, that's where my whole, the whole foundation of my library is on student need and through student voice. And so, I mean, I just felt like, okay, if that's sitting over there, but it's not even categorized as, categorized as young adult, how can you have one book, it's okay, and not have them all? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I had a similar I, that issue. Make, yeah, that um, doesn't make sense When to I me. came in and there were books that I thought were valuable, um, but were exactly that, just categorized within realistic fiction that, um, that I felt needed to be removed. We also had, speaking of things like that, we also had Lillian Duncan, which was an issue for elementary and for middle school a few years ago for Helen Ruffin Reading Bowl. And they, the county came out and re suggested they didn't request they suggested that we do permission slips if we hadn't already and to at least consider it for that book so yeah I don't know why I threw that out there but I was thinking about it well yeah I was chair of Helen Ruffin then and yes that was a recommendation but I didn't even follow it I did not get permission slips I just half of my kids had already read it so I was like at this point asking for something permission for something they had already done um, I didn't but, want to open a can of worms at my school. But let's consider the kids for a second here. I mean, for my population, again, like I said, everybody's school is different. But students know when they start reading something, they know, okay, this isn't for me. Oh, for sure. This is not a story that I can relate to. I don't even understand. I can't comprehend what's going on. Even with the language, if there's some kind of language in there and they come up to me and say, Mrs. Quintana, this language was, you know, this is in this book. Did you know this? I have conversation with them. Okay, the language is part of the plot. It, it enhances the plot at some point or the author wouldn't have put it in there. So tell me what's going on in the plot. Do you understand what's happening? And they'll say, no, I don't. And I'll say, well, maybe, you know, we should find a different book for you. Is that okay? And we just move on and it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like I don't make a huge deal out of it. I don't give them that shock value that they're kind of looking for. Because when you sit and think, and I think this is how I think, when authors sit down and write a story, what are they thinking about? What the, it's the message that they're trying to get to these kids. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is because young adult books have stories that our kids go through right now, especially with the realistic fiction ones. You know what I mean? These are, these are things that are happening in society that's, that they're being exposed to, whether it's through social media or the news or conversations or lessons in their classrooms and whatever. And so authors are writing these stories to help students work their way through these issues and stuff like that. I just read a book. I got an um, advanced copy of I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. I was on Twitter one night and I saw that you could get this and I applied and whatever it got sent to me and the only requirement was that I read it and do a book review before um, and so I did that. I want you to know this story. It's a good story um, and it is written by, uh, hold on I gotta scroll down here so I say, uh, Gilly Siegel and Kimberly Jones and I mentioned this because in the news a couple of nights ago there was a 
a, a true story in the news um, that aligned with the story that was in this book. And I'm not sure if I should mention exactly what that news is, um, but it was the exact thing, okay? So these are things that our students are going through. Um, the book talks about students being at a football game and a riot ensuing and um, fight breaks out and then all of a sudden there's gunshots and then it takes the two main characters who didn't know each other, they knew of each other in school but they weren't friends, who went through an entire night of trying to get away from that riot and then get it going downtown. And this is based in Atlanta, by the way. I just want you guys to know this is based in Atlanta, so that was kind of cool. They end up in downtown Atlanta, walking through the streets, trying to make it through the night together and forming a friendship um, throughout the process and stuff. But then I you know, read in the news that this actually happened at a high school recently. And so, come on, guys, this is this is our kids' lives. This is really happening. I think it is. But I think, and I couldn't agree with you more, but I think that that talks, again, to your socioeconomic mm -hmm. environment. I mean, I, I had sixth graders but, but who came in. Good, but does it, think about this for a second. Does it only speak to our socioeconomic kids? I'm thinking about it from my standpoint, and it kind of does. Because I don't know that I would have let Peyton in sixth grade Mm -hmm. read that book. That doesn't mean that there aren't sixth graders out there that could find value in that and would but appreciate think, that book. But I think that situation is everybody's concern in the community, right? It, it, just I don't because disagree. It all, just because That's it only true. happens in your community doesn't mean that it shouldn't be something that other students know of or are dis no, you know discussions what, right. about to create a better community. I agree. And so I agree. Um, you, this brought up a conversation yesterday with us. Now, this is getting totally off topic, which is, if you have not figured it out out of all these podcasts, my job to do. Um, <laughs> but today is 9-12, and yesterday was 9-11. Yes. And a conversation came up yesterday, 18 years, wow, our kids weren't even born then. Right, and I'm like, no, right. my son, who's a senior in high school, wasn't even born yet. It's amazing. And um, so they don't realize what... 9 10 2001 was like and the shift that happened after 9 11 but um we were having a conversation and we were all going well where were you where were you where were you and one of the people said you know it's amazing that back on 9 11 2001 when this happened my children were in school now this is somebody else speaking not me but my children were in school and I knew they were in the safest place for them. And look at the shift that has happened in the last 18 years where now school, some people consider not so safe place. And so I agree with what Lori's saying is that, yes, it, it speaks to a certain socioeconomic group, but I think it speaks to everybody, to everybody because it may not happen in my school, but it may happen in the school right down the street or in this school in my district, so. But when we're considering humanity, it's everybody's issue. It's, it's everybody, everybody needs to, to have exposure and, you know, come together to create solutions and everything. And, if, and you can't have that if, you, if everybody isn't aware. So how does that, so taking that back to the idea of young adult books and do you, do you censor censor your students by requiring permission from parents, or do you not? Okay, so I am meeting next week with my library committee, which has teachers and parents on it, because this is going to be a new shift for us. I have some very protective parents, 
And so I'm wanting to, to enter this in a proactive manner. And so I am presenting them with the permission slip that I'm going to request. And I, am, I do believe I'm gonna have all students sign it. I don't care if you're over the age of 12. I think parents need to, to know that these books are available for their students to check out. Um, and the books will be in a different location. I do have two concerns, and since both of you have handled this before, I wanna ask you the concerns. So my checkout, my parrot is there 60% of the time. I am busy constantly teaching classes and things like that. My checkout is self-checkout when she's not there. So how do I control uh, a, a student who has a note pop up while I'm teaching and can't get over to the circulation desk or more to the fact they check out a young adult book and that note doesn't pop up and they just check it out. How can I control that uh, to make sure that only students that have permission are checking out or, or have y'all faced that? I know, well, I know that my kids are aware and um, they know a lot of times sixth graders will ask for different books or request things and I say that book is absolutely available it's a great book I need you to get this signed and bring it back and I'd be happy to check it out to you and talk to you about it um, even though my books are in a separate location so they have to make an effort to go to that location and it's something that we um, I'm not ashamed of those books and I don't segregate them per se but I take them for just that reason and put them in a separate section much like any other genre, I guess. Right. So they're separated, and my kids know. You know, they're aware that if you're going to check out a book with a YA on this fine label, that you have to have that form signed. Okay, so my take on that is that you can't control it, okay? And this is why I go back to you have to be very, very confident in who you are as a school librarian, that you're a literacy expert, that you understand what YA is and you're able to communicate that with your parents and um, that you are not banning books, you're not censoring books, you're providing access. Those books are there for everybody um, because truly, and you kind of hit on it, Ingrid, the parent is also going to be the one at home deciding what their kids can read and can't read. And so that's where really the monitoring needs to take place because parents have that relationship with their students. It's more one-on-one, -on -one, more intimate and everything. I have 1,500 students in my building. There is no way I have control over sitting down with every single one of them and, and, and making sure that they're, Well, I mean, I don't you know think I mean? that you don't have to have a conversation with every single one, but when I did orientation and we talked about where different things were located, certainly that was one of them and that was brought up. And my young adult, and I also have a playaway permission slip. I mean, so, those those permission slips sit on my CERC desk. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have right. to request one and I have to go dig it out of some no, secret no, mine binder. Are, mine are out right um, there in the young adult And I agree. Section. I mean, you can't control every student. But overall, um, my kids point are aware. Is parents need to know what their students are reading. When they Completely. bring home a library book, ask them what they're reading. What is it about? Have those discussions. This is even, this goes beyond either whether it's a YA book or not. Like parents need to be doing this no matter what their kids are reading. I agree. Um, have those but conversations. But not all parents do. And not no. all parents have the time. And, no. and, and that's so, something. And that's why I go back to Anita. The chances that a parent is going to come in and question you about that is probably very slim. 
um, for I, I think I've I'm at Lindley Six. I don't have a lot of I those mean, compared books. Compared to and my fifteen hundred kids, it's very. When I look at the and percentages, I, it's very slim. Well, I would say for yes. My, it's for, my for the percentage. It's small, but I every but year. But if they do every ask, year, I get parents. But if in. they do ask, like you were saying as well, Ingrid, that conversation is a great one to have with them because as the professional, as a school school librarian, what our charge is, what we do every single day, they are going to be comfortable having that conversation with you as well because you're going to be able to help them understand and um, promote the stories and promote the books no matter whether they're why or whether they're not um, so that confidence just has to be there that you 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 have it before mm -hmm. you even begin this because if you're afraid if you are shying away if you're putting your YA books over in the corner hoping that no parent ever sees it then you shouldn't do this. That's just my opinion because you are all in or you're not, and that's just my take on it. I'm confident I enough agree. that if a parent comes up to I mean, me, I'm going to have that conversation. But I will also, yeah. if they say I don't want my child reading YA books anymore, believe me, that child's not going to read YA Absolutely. books anymore. It, it, <laughs> yeah, mean, you defer so, to the parent for sure. So, and but I agree. don't. I don't want to prevent access to other students. I want those books there for those students because, I mean. This is a question I've always had. We have the public libraries that have all of these books and then some, you know what I mean? These kids have, have access to adult books mm -hmm. at the library, which oh, is I probably agree. why they're asking us for them at the public school. Yes. I'm not going that route. I'm not. Why is my, you know, whatever. But I think that, but, and to pull um, it back kind of to what Anita was saying and what we were talking about, about parents and discussions, I think by default, sending home a young adult permission slip is going to spark that conversation. And I think that's probably why I can say objectively, I have so many parents that come in and talk to me about it because their kids coming home saying, I, mm -hmm. you know, my little sixth grade girl, I wanted to read The Hate I Give and then my librarian gave me this and said, you had to read it and sign it. And so, yeah, naturally as a parent, you're gonna call and inquire. So I agree with what Lori's saying, if you're not sure, if you don't have strong feelings about this, then I don't know that I would do it either because yeah. it's going to cause conversations. It's going to create that dialogue whether you want it or not. And I'm actually proud of that. I feel like by doing this, it's getting these parents to talk to their kids. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yes. And I want that. They need that. <laughs> so now I need to ask, how do you feel about this? Um, please go to the top of our Twitter page and leave us a, a, a burning question in our little app there that we have on Anchor. And don't forget to celebrate Band Book Week. It is September 22nd through the 28th. So thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Just a reminder that everything we say is our own opinions and not the opinions of our school or our district.